With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the LA Soccer Hub Show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today's Monday, July 5th. A day after July 4th weekend festivities. You know, I was at the LA Galaxy game this past weekend. My guests uh, were there as well. Uh, so let me introduce them. Uh, first time we got Johnny Bolin on the show. Johnny, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on. Of course. And once again, we got Total Galaxy, a.k.a. Alex. Alex, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, good for the July fireworks. Unfortunately, couldn't get the win, but I enjoyed uh, just going back to the stadium, and it was lots of fun. Yeah, it was definitely a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I was able to walk around, you know, do do a little bit of the the tailgating with a couple of fans, you know, got to chat with them. And then um, I also, you know, also got like, you know, live, get to see the atmosphere. I ran into both of you guys uh, on, on the way to my seat. So it was it was cool to, to run into you guys. But before we get into the Galaxy, I want to talk about uh, Mexico uh, versus Nigeria because we had, you know, uh, Efrain Alvarez, and we also had um, Jonathan Dos Santos, who, who had an, uh, an impressive, you know, game. He came in in the second half. Um, I want to know you guys' thoughts. Alex, what were your thoughts on, on, on Mexico's game against Nigeria and Jonathan Dos Santos' performance? Uh, it was good to see Mexico dominate most of that game, you know, especially with all the pressure now being on them for this uh, Gold Cup, especially since they lost the Nations League. Of course, this Nigerian squad was really young and inexperienced, so, I mean, it wasn't too much of a challenge. But uh, we did get to see Jonathan Dos Santos. He scored uh, that goal. And then, you know, Efrain Alvarez getting some minutes, you know, before to impress Tata Martino. And that's something that I'm looking forward to, see if uh, Tata Martino will want to use him a lot more. Is he going to use him a lot centrally as a number 10, or is he going to use him as a winger a lot? That's something that uh, I think uh, Martino is going to try to figure out with the Gold Cup coming up, and I think he'll probably get a couple of minutes. Uh, well, if it, he doesn't start in the first two games, I think he could probably get some minutes in the third game. Yeah, no, I, it, was, it was good that we got to see both of them play, and uh, you know, Efrain Alvarez did get a, you know, did get opportunity to play out in the wing. I believe he came in for for Tecatito, um, which was which is good. I mean, he, he's replacing Rodolfo Pizarro, so that's good. Johnny, what, what were your thoughts? I don't know if you were to catch the game, but what were your th- yeah, no, uh, I I I, caught, I actually caught the Jonah uh, goal. That's like right when. Oh, sorry, I think there was a lag. Are are we all good? There we go. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I caught the Jonah goal, and uh, that's when I actually started watching. Was like like you know right before it, and I mean it's just because I I, I kind of know what to expect with these types of games. Nigeria came in, uh, just like Alex said, they had a very inexperienced squad. Uh, Mexico is kind of more hungry than usual, just because they lost that game against the U.S. So I, this is just something that I expected. But I got, you know, and I'm obviously a U.S. men's national team fan, so I'm never going to really root for Mexico, except for when Jonah's out there and Alvarez is out there. So seeing him score just always makes me super stoked. Uh, and it's awesome because that just gets him confident. That just gets him excited for when he comes back to the galaxy. So I am, uh, I-, I loved it. I really did. 
Yeah, I got a photo here. I know the the photo doesn't optimize out, but it was it was good to see him. The thing that I, that I, that I like about seeing Jonathan, I mean Jonathan Dos Santos and Farin, uh, Farin Alvarez really looked uh, fit, like really really fit to me. He's look he's looking a lot slimmer. Um, and you you could I get like seeing that game, I mean, you're like he's putting in the work, right? And he's getting up the call up, and just his movement on the ball. I think I really I really like seeing what what he was able to do. Obviously. Obviously, he was he wasn't able to impact the game just uh, like Jonathan Dos Santos was, but uh, yeah, no, it was good to see that. But like Jonathan Dos Santos, I feel like he always shows up for the Mexican national team, no matter what. <laughs> he got a goal. I mean, he put it away. I was I was at the game. The atmosphere was amazing. The atmosphere w- w- was nice. There's I think it was like fifty seven thousand people there. You know, I was able to walk around. You know, get to see, got to talk with people. The good thing, uh, um that I really liked was like, you know, the big chant, you know, that a lot of people were talking about the chant, like the, the, the P, the P chant. Like, I think some people were concerned, uh, excuse me, I got a, a bicycle driving by <laughs> my neighborhood. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but, um, but yeah, I think that's, that's the best thing that you saw the, the chant. I don't, a lot of people were concerned that, you know, fans in LA were, were going to, we're going to still, still do the chant, but I feel like after what I saw in Nashville and then it didn't happen in LA. So I think, I think FIFA, you know, doing the, 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 you know, putting its foot down and you're already giving Mexico two games uh, suspension without fans, I think kind of send a message. And I think, I don't know, I don't think we'll hear it again. At least I don't, I don't expect it to, but I think uh, it was good. It was good that the chant wasn't there. It was good that Mexico won. And I think it was also good that we saw, you know, the Galaxy guys, both Jonathan Dos Santos and Efrain Alvarez play. Unfortunately, Chicharito did not play. But we did uh, see Funes Mori. Alex, what what were your thoughts on Funes Mori? So, uh, yeah, obviously all the drama is going on with that whole situation since Funes Mori was Argentinian but switches nationality to Mexican. So, you know, some of the Mexican fans weren't really happy about that, you know. Uh, Just having somebody who isn't of Mexican descent or origin, you know, kind of is a big deal over there in Mexico. And then obviously you're living out Mexico's all-time leading goal scorer out who's in great form right now in MLS you know fortunately we couldn't see him this weekend but um he's been balling out all of MLS so I, I would say this is kind of a big deal for Tata Martino too because you know Gigerito's doing so good in MLS and then you bring in Funes Mori who's been all right for Monterrey you know he's been scoring in goals but nothing spectacular uh as of lately so that that's something I want to see if Funes Mori can continue this form that he's in you know scoring a goal in the last game I want to see if we can continue that into the Gold Cup because Mexico really are in need of that number nine who can finish well, especially with Alan Pulido out as well. Yeah, I mean, the benefit is that Chicharito will be available for the Galaxy. Obviously, he, was, he wasn't he was available for this weekend, but uh, which is unfortunate. Um, but, Johnny, let, let, I don't know if you got, you got to see, but Brazil is going to the Copa America final today. Switching, let's switch over things at Copa America. Peru had a, had a great run. They made it to the semifinals. I mean, Brazil is always a tough team at home. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Brazil going to the uh, Copa America final? Not surprising. They should always do good in tournaments like this. They should always stand out. They should always be one of the top teams. Um, and I think that we all just assume that they would get to the final. The real question is, because what I'm looking at when I think of the Copa America is what every other soccer fan is looking at. And it's if Messi can finally tie that up. And I want it that final. That'd be a legendary final. Are you kidding me? Brazil versus Argentina? That's what I am hoping for. And I think that Argentina could beat Colombia. Off topic. I get it. But I'm very happy to see that Brazil made the final. That's, ju- that's just what I expected, though. I'm not surprised in the slightest. 
Yeah, I mean, you're not really off topic because the game's tomorrow and, you know, it, it, it leads on to, you know, seeing a Messi versus Neymar showdown. And I think that's what everybody wants. But I know Columbia, Columbia fans are, 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 are going to, you know, are going to want to be there and make the impact. Uh, Alex, what are, you, what are your thoughts on, on the Copa America? Uh, yeah, obviously, like Johnny mentioned, you know, Brazil, you know, have a talented team and, you know, the expectation is for them to just to compete in the final, you know, just be in that game. That's the minimum, bare minimum for the Brazilian national team. Their team all around has good depth at all positions. You know, the fact you're able to have two great goalkeepers and Ederson and Allison kind of just switch in between games. And then that back lines, uh, they're getting older, but they have good experience and they're still really good. And then obviously that attack with Neymar, who's doing really well for Brazil, you know, they, they are the favorites for this. Hopefully, we can get a uh, Brazil-Argentina final, though I think Colombia can kind of pull off an upset just because Juan Cuadrado is coming back uh, to the Colombian team. He's been playing so good this Copa America. So I'm really looking forward to the game tomorrow uh, between Colombia and Argentina, and then we're also going to have the first uh, Euro semifinal tomorrow as well. So it's going to be a good day for soccer tomorrow. Yeah, it definitely is going to be packed. You know, you, we we just had we just had a packed weekend this week, and now we got we got European, we got we got South America, Copa America. So yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it. That's a big is Messi get over over the hump, right? Uh, with winning one of those titles with with, with Argentina. So I think I, I think that's the biggest thing. But yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens tomorrow. But I think it was it was important to bring that up because. You know where where does Messi go? Because Messi's not gonna. Well, he didn't resign with Barcelona, right? So that the question the question's still up in the air. Is he gonna return to Barcelona? Is he gonna go to Man City? Is he gonna come to potentially the MLS into Miami, which which is far off? The LA Galaxy, <laughs> LAFC. We'll see. LA Galaxy don't have any DP spots, but I mean that would be a dream come true. I think any MLS fan, right? We both, you know, obviously we cover here the LA teams, but if Messi were to come. To enter Miami, I mean, we'll take it. Make 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 up a new role for Messi to come to come to the MLS, right? I don't I don't think any fan uh, would be that upset. But yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens tomorrow. Big game tomorrow. So, and I know Andy's going to be joining the show. He's Colombian, so I know he's he's going to be stressed out. Uh, oh, yeah. Either 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 really really happy, really ecstatic, or really upset and frustrated. Um, but let, let, let's talk about this game. Well, before we go talk about the game, I, I want to say what's up to a couple people. Life things. He says, what's up, everybody? Uh, Galaxy Guy Podcast. He said, hello, fellas. Alex, great seeing you at the stadium yesterday, brother. Uh, Gio, what's good, man? Um, Sam, uh, soccer guy said, when Samuel Grant turned Meg to Melia, I thought that ball went in. Um, yeah, and we got, also got JP in here. He says, Brazil can't when they flop and it's not, it's just so infuriating they can't win. <laughs> hey, who won the last Copa America? Who won the last Copa America? It was Brazil. Of course, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely Brazil. Isaiah says, I hope Argentina wins a Copa America. So we'll see what happens. Uh soccer guy over here, one last comment says Ronaldo Galaxy and Messi Tel See, that would be crazy. <laughs> that would be. I mean Ronaldo but, might go to a new team, so you never know. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but JP, um, I meant to get into your, your story. I skipped over that. My bad. But like, let's let's talk about you. How long you've been a Galaxy fan? How long you how long you've been part of the the LA Riot squad? And how long you've been a supporter of the team? So I've been a supporter of the team uh, probably since like 2010, uh, probably 2009. I'm from a super small town in the IE desert town. It, it takes called? 30 minutes to leave Hemet, California. I know Hemet. I know Hemet. Yeah. It's scary as hell, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I grew up there and I started watching the galaxy 
and I loved it. You know, it's a, it is a long drive to the stadium. And finally, in like 2018, I started going to the Galaxy games and uh, I wanted to go, you know, be with Riot Squad. I had a lot of friends that like, you know, I knew through the page that were on Riot with, with Riot Squad. And uh, it was the best. Like that first game, I'll never forget. It, it They welcomed me with open arms. Uh, and ever since then, I didn't look back. I, I went to every single game after that. That was just supposed to be like, a, okay, I'll go to this game. I'll probably go to another game later. But I commuted like two and a half hours every Galaxy game to just go sit with Riot Squad and do my thing. And I ended up moving closer to the stadium. And uh, I just love, you know, Riot Squad. I love the, obviously, I love the club uh, through everything that they've been through. Um, but, you know, it's it's just been an awesome journey with Lars and an awesome uh, journey, I guess, with the Galaxy, too, seeing the roller coaster that we've been through in the last 10 years. So, yeah. If that no, answers- yeah. <laughs> you got. You also got to mention yesterday when I ran into you, you were giving uh, Joe Tutino uh, like a little banner. Um, yeah, you guys came up. I thought I thought that was really cool, really awesome. Who came up with the idea, and um, when when did you guys think like, hey, we need to make something for Joe? Yeah, so um, basically, we have this. You have two guys in Lars that are absolute legends. It's a uh, Jose Salgado and Eric Sa- uh, Sandoval. They are both just the most creative, awesome, nice dudes ever, and they make awesome banners. That's not the only one they've done. They've done one for Murs for Kevin Hartman. They've done it for Allison Drini. They've done it for uh, Julian Araujo. Like they've done it for so many different galaxy icons. And it's so awesome to see it like come to life at games. And Totino loved it. He commented on it a lot. Uh, and while we were setting up our section before the game, Totino walked up and he was just hanging out with us, you know, talking to us. And uh, we asked, like, do you want the banner? Like, we'd love to give it to you. And he said, I only want it if Lars signs it. I only want it if all the guys sign it. So we signed it. Uh, and then I walked, we walked up to the press uh, booth and then we gave it to him and he was just the nicest dude. He's helped me tons in like my journey with like with my podcast and like with my hopeful sports career. So it's like, he's just the coolest guy ever. And I, it's just so cool to see like, you know, him have a banner like that and him, you know, now he has it. So it's awesome. Yeah, he definitely deserves it. You know, uh, you know, I had an interview with him once earlier before the season started man he's such a nice dude dude i love hearing that dude um at the away games you know because you know I'm, I'm not traveling over there uh but i just love hearing him on tv man he's such a nice dude i'm so glad that you know he's a g and stuff he definitely deserves that and i want to make a point to say this because you know in new mls in like currently how it is you could tell when someone is biased while watching a game and joe loves the galaxy he's never going to hide that but when he's commentating on the game he will not like take away any credit from the other team. He won't downplay the other teams that we're playing. He gives credit where credit's due. He's a class act. When you watch, and I'm not going to bring up the other team, but when you watch the other team, it's never like that. It is never like that. Any of, uh, Most of the other clubs, it's not like that. But Joe is literally, he sets the bar for how commentating should be in this league. And I, I can't wait to listen to him for years to come. He, he needs to be here forever. <laughs> Look, amen to that. I've listened to Joe, and he, he's he's very spot on, and, and he, you know, he has a way with his commentating. I think has definitely resonated with all, with all the Galaxy Nation and the the way he talks, and you know, he's obviously one of the biggest voices when it comes to obviously alongside you know Kobe Jones and everything that's done. So I think it's very very impressive with the job he's done. Guys, let me know if I if I if I start to blur uh, if I start to lag. Um, because I just moved, uh, the Wi-Fi here has been working, but I, I've had I've been having technical difficulties. Um, but we'll we'll get through it, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll make it happen. 
uh soccer guy says joe and kobe jones commentary is awesome they i mean you can't go wrong with what, what they're doing and what they've been doing. and they're also the post game show i got to see how they talk you know they they just flow so well and i and i really like what they're about and how and how they they go about this game all right guys so now let's let's talk about this game you know it was a it was a big game coming in like you know all the festivities everything leading up to the game i i really was excited for the game i really thought you know the galaxy we're going to come out on top with the win just with everything you know we had uh, you know expected chicharito you know to come back you know uh to be in the lineup and everything so let, let's talk about the lineup and or what greg vanny went so initially it was um obviously jonathan bond and goal you have Jorge Villafania on the left side, uh, Dupuy, Akulabali, and Araujo. All right, that's typical your back line. So you had Victor Vasquez, Ra- Ravelson. Apologize if I butcher his name. Obviously, he got the start. Uh, Legette, and then you have obviously Kevin Cabral, Grantzer, Chicharito was in the starting lineup, and I think ten minutes before he was scratched. So I think that was the interesting thing, right? Like what happened and everything. So it was it was like it was a precautionary calf injury. And it was weird because I believe he was he was out there in warm-ups, right? He was out there warm-ups, and then, like, I'm assuming it, it must have just bothered him. So, you know, the scrap the plan. So in comes Ethan Zubak. What, what, what were you guys' thoughts, uh, obviously, once you guys – of the lineup and then once you guys found out uh, about the injury, Alex? Uh, yeah, um, I think this whole thing happened where he left was when I went to go say hi to you uh, during the, at the stadium, right? I went back to my seat, and, you know, I go with my dad with all the game to all the games. And my dad was like, where's Chicharito? You know, I saw him warming up earlier, but now I can't find him. And then, you know, I go on Twitter and then see Corner of the Galaxy put out that, you know, he's been scratched out of the lineup. And at the moment, nobody knew what the reason was. And then later on, we found out um, it was due to a calf injury. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of a shock because, you know, this was a big game. The Galaxy needed to win this to really, you know, keep up with SKC and Seattle. Um and I, I think, you know, if, if Chicharito's playing there, I think the Galaxy definitely score. They definitely missed him in this game for sure. But it was really shocking and something that I wasn't expecting. Yeah. Johnny, what were, what were your thoughts once you, once you found out the news that Chicharito was not playing? So, uh, you know, with the Riot Squad, whenever they're saying the names, you know, we always the, we'll let the announcer say the first name and then we say the last name. And, you know, I remember we're going to the striker. So we're all getting ready. And then it says Ethan. And we're like, Zubak? <laughs> and it was just kind of weird. Um, first off, I thought, here's the thing. I want Zubak to work. I want it to work. I love Zubak. He cares. But it's just he just seems so lost sometimes. And the only time that Zubak does well is when Cheech is on the field with him. I thought that, and again, I love Vanny. And Vanny we trust. But why not give Dunbar a chance? Why not give Dunbar? Because like Dunbar, and, and this, is a, this is real. We wouldn't have beat LAFC if it wasn't for Dunbar. That, that like one-on-three situation where he, where he crossed it and then Chicha passed it to Jonah. And then, then we got that beautiful goal, made it 2-1. That's why we won. Are you I saying no, put Dunbar as a striker? Is that, is that what yes, you're saying? exactly. Over, over, over Ethan? Yes. Okay. And he's quick. He, he has confidence in the ball, and he wants to be a part of plays. And I just think that whatever's going on with Zubak, we have to – pinpoint that down before we're starting him because it's just not working and to to talk about uh how close we are at skc yeah it was an important game but this is a long season okay we're halfway through and right now we've been saying for years we're rebuilding we're rebuilding but we really never were this season i feel like is going to be a learning experience in the best way possible if we don't you know obviously like it's like okay if we don't win the mls cup next season though 
it's going to be, we're going to be terrifying. We're going to be one of the top teams in the league in like to such an extent to because of what we're learning right now. So I'm not bummed about that loss. I really not, mm-hmm. you know, with everything considered, sorry about that little yeah. rant, but I feel no, like, no, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. But uh, yeah, no, no. I, I think to your point, when you talk about Cameron Dunbar, I, I think when it happens like that within 10 minutes of the game starting, to me, I didn't. I didn't think Ethan Zubak was was a was was a bad decision or you know a questionable decision. I get what you see, Cameron Dunbar, but I think Cameron Dunbar is now being used as the left uh, as a right winger to come in for yeah. Samuel Grant Sir. So I think that I think if you would have started Cameron Dunbar, it would have it would it would have made it a little bit interesting with Zubak. Zubak deserves to get the start. And I'm with you. I think Zubak does perform better when Chicharito is on the field because the game just opens up not just for him but just so many people. But uh, but yeah, I, I guess we got we have to pay attention to Chicharito because they'll, they'll play uh, what's it uh, tomorrow? No, Wednesday. Wednesday. my days mixed up. They they play Wednesday, so we'll we'll, we'll find out. I think tomorrow if he's going to be available or not. And I think when, when we looked at the lineup, you know, things just changed, right? The momentum, right? But I think when I saw that, I was thinking to myself, okay, Ethan Zubak is definitely going to have to step up. But I was really looking at Kevin Cabral because I was like, look, this. I think to me, before the game even started, I was like, hey, Kevin Cabral, if there was a game, you know. To, to 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 make an impact, you know, get a call. He's impacted the game, but I mean, impact the game scoring wise. I felt like this was his game. Now that Chicharito is not going to be available, I was I was expecting him to score multiple goals or anything like that. But just you know, get, get one in the back of the net. But obviously, we we obviously the game didn't turn out that way. But let, let's look. First half, um, obviously a couple a couple injury news, right? Uh, Kulabali ended up going down. Uh, obviously, that changed the perspective, but. What were your, Alex, what were your thoughts on the first half? Because the Galaxy were the better team in the first half. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, they were doing really good. And uh, Revelson was looking so fantastic in that first half. I was so impressed. You know, he was, I, I was smiling so much just watching it, you know. Just a good uh, holding midfielder. Somebody who can drop into support with Koulibaly and Depew right there. You know, if they're caught in the pressure, you know, he's good there. He's composed in the midfield, you know. He looked really good defensively as well, not only just tackle-wise, but the way he uses his body to get the ball back is something that I really liked. And I'm like, it's basically like kind of having a third center back. And, you know, he did play center back for the second half of the game. But uh, it was just really good to see him out there. First half, the Galaxy were doing really good, had the majority of the best chances on there. You know, Victor Vasquez had some great crosses in there, really good. You know, that one to Cabral, which he couldn't finish it with the header. You know, I thought that was the perfect opportunity for him to get on there. But I think he was a little late to the ball and that's kind of why it went a bit wide but you know uh Vasquez played well I enjoyed him and you know going back to what we we're talking about with the lineup you know you're gonna have like three midfielders in there are, are you gonna take out Vasquez and put in Jonah you know Efra's probably gonna have to be on the bench now because I don't see him you know playing as a winger with Granzier and Cabral and I don't know if he's gonna be able to fit in the midfield so that's another thing with the lineup that Vanny used you know since uh, all these midfielders, you're going to kind of have to figure out how you want to use them. So that's something that needs to be figured out. But overall, in the first half of the Galaxy, we're doing so good. And, you know, I thought we really deserved to get one in the back of the net. But unfortunately, that's how football is sometimes. You know, you, you can get all the chances you want, but just it, it just won't go in. And that's the kind of night it was for the Galaxy. Yeah. Johnny, give me your, give me your first half thoughts uh, on the Galaxy. Because they, they, they had opportunities. I mean... You know, like hey, to uh, Alex's point, Ryan was playing incredible. His first time, dude, dude was was killing out there. But what were your thoughts on the first half? I think that we as Galaxy fans have set an expectation, right, for the LA Galaxy for a long time. We keep saying we're not hitting that mark. We're hitting that mark. That first half, Vanny commented on it too, and I think we all saw it. That's how we've wanted to play. 
This is where we've wanted to been, be, and that's the team that we've wanted to see play. They were playing beautiful soccer. It was so nice. It was fluid. There were so many chances. Uh, but it's one of those kind of situations where it's like, man, how many shots on goal do we have to have? How many chances do we have to have to, to, to make, like mess it up like this? And then you step back and you make it think, man, how many of those balls would, were perfect for Chicha? How many of those balls would have been perfect for him? You know, and that's kind of what I thought about with the first half. Like I was happy. I love the pace of it. Um, but man, if Chicha was in there, we would have we would have gone to the half with like two goals. And I mean, that's just how, you know, like Alex said, that's how football works. Um, but I I, I was I was really happy about it. And I was shocked that, you know, because we're again, Vanny, I feel like as a second half manager. Well, I know we're getting to that, but I'm just shocked that we didn't, you know, like end up turning it up that second half. It's just it was it was just a kind of a weird game altogether. Yeah, and I think to me, like, this is not really even on Vanny. I think it's just on the players. Like, this is yeah. one game you just look at the players like, look, you had every single opportunity. But, um, but what, I mean, the first half, I felt like Victor Vasquez should have had, like, three assists. I mean, he had one. He had one to uh, a couple, I think, Cabral, Cabral off the header. Uh, I forgot who else. But he was putting – literally, he was putting the ball right on the money. Right, He was and pulling the strings in midfield for that whole half yeah. so well. But he was the crazy thing about Victor Vasquez. He was also playing up top with uh with Ethan. Like he looked like he was playing like as a forward at times because yeah, he looked he like, was like, like a, a like a four like four a false two nine. Yeah, yeah, he looked like, like he was playing like yeah, he looked like he was just playing all over the place. And he, he was just like, I was like, is he uh, is he playing as forward? I was like, no, he's not playing as forward. But I was like, he's staying up there at top like as a forward. And but then like you, you would just see him once he got the ball and it just it just completely just changed the game. Uh, well, everything he did, it was just it was just on the players that you know they couldn't finish. You know, and there were so many so many different opportunities. And I think when you look at that, they're gonna want to look. You, you can't you can't like miss those opportunities, and you and you don't want to think this way. But that you that's where your mind goes. Like man, if Chicha was there, that probably would have been a goal or anything like that. But Victor Vasquez said something after the game. He said, "We can't think that way. We can't think. Yeah, maybe Chicharito would have made those goals." And then he also says, "Maybe he wouldn't have. Maybe Chicharito also probably wouldn't have made those opportunities." You know, he's like. He said, I, I'm just paraphrasing here, but I, I asked him, I was like, what, what do you think, you know, what would you, uh, what did you tell your teammates? He's like, no, I didn't tell them anything. He's like, I think it's just about us having the confidence. He's like, if you have the confidence, you're going to score, you're going to score. And I think I, I really like his response because he was just, he, I think he felt that, you know, I don't think he was singling anybody out, but he just felt like that some of it, the team was not confident to put those away because typically when you you have that mindset that you're going to put those away, you, you typically put them away. But I want to talk about Sega Koulibaly. Sega Koulibaly was, was playing great. You know, he had, he had a solid game. But unfortunately, he goes down in a non-contact play. And obviously, I think that changes the game because obviously you're already out with a couple of players. You know, I think, and then when he went down, Adam Saljanya comes into the game, right? And it completely shifts everything because now Ryan goes from playing in the midfield to having to play center back, you know? And I think that that really kind of slowed down their momentum a little bit, but they still had opportunities in the second half. Alex, what, what were your thoughts on, on as soon as Sega Kubali was, was out? Uh, obviously very worrisome, especially with the lack of death at the moment that we have at the center back position, you know? Uh, Ryan had to play as that second center back, and I was kind of worried about Saldana because I, I think defensively he's not as good as uh, Ryan. Um, you know, obviously later on in the game we'll talk about how he kind of cost the first goal. But just overall, I, I, I thought Saldana is a good midfielder, but just not good defensive midfielder, if you guys understand what I'm saying, you know. Um, yeah, he's good at composure with the ball and stuff, can find a quick pass here and there. 
But when it comes to kind of being that, like, coming in, be kind of being like that third center back as cover for those other two, I'm just not confident in his marking abilities in, in those kind of situations. And, you know, Ryan obviously excelling at the role that Vanny gave him to kind of be that cover. Saldana just couldn't replicate that. And, you know, that kind of left the midfield a little bit more open since Saldana's positioning as well uh, kind of just wasn't on point. And that's also something I can say about Ethan Zubak. I think that's kind of what kills him sometimes. His positioning uh, during attacking moments isn't that great. He's either too deep or too ahead, kind of no in between. And that's the one thing I've always keep noticing about Ethan Zubak. Like, like I love the dude, but I feel like he'll take it another step if he can fix that positioning and just know where he is at the ball and get into those good spots. Yeah, no, you you make a great point, and I see where, where your analysis is there, uh, making those comparisons. Yeah, Johnny, what, what were your thoughts on Segal Bali uh, obviously being injured and how it changed the game? You know, our uh, our defense has always been an issue, but I love Sega. I love Villafania. Uh, I love Araujo on the right, and I love Depew. I, I, and I've always thought Sturz should be a bench center back, and I, so it's kind of working out. And I saw that lineup originally, and I was like, this is awesome. I love this. And when he was out, I, I instantly knew. I was like, okay, well, we, re- we really don't have anyone else to go to, you know, throw out the problem. And with Saldana, it's like, you know, we, he's playing professional. We should hold him to that bar. But at the end of the day, it's like he's still a young player. He's still going to, you know, he's le- every game is a learning experience for him. He's going to make mistakes. And, yeah, I mean, it, it did. It changed the entire pacing of the game. I mean, and and we could sit back and say, you know, oh, if this didn't happen or Chicha was in, like, you're right. But, you know, that's why I'm not really disappointed about this game. There was just so many things that happened that it was just, like, kind of out of everyone's control, you know. Uh, it was a bummer losing Sega. It really was. But, you know, we, can, we just have to hope he's back by Wednesday, um, and then we'll just have a full defense again, you know. Yeah, I think that uh, you hope it's a speedy recovery. I think the positive sign of of, of him, uh, he of that situation, I guess he got up and he he looked at Greg Vanny like he wanted to keep going and kind of try to jog it off. But Greg Vanny just made this decision. It was just like, you know, it's not worth it. Let's bring in someone in. You know, there's this. Uh, you know, I know he's thinking back in my mind. There's plenty of games left in the season, right? And obviously. But you, I was, I was surprised uh, a little bit that it was Adam Saldana because I was like, I thought Sasha uh, could have could have potentially came in and and played that role. I know he sometimes he, he's Sasha's versatile, like right, he can play the defensive midfield, he can play the attacking midfield, uh, different. But I think the reason why Sasha didn't come in, I think maybe Greg Vanny wanted to use him for the attacking role in the second half, you know, and you know, obviously you got and Adam Saldana has played, but I think. To your point, Alex, Adam Saldana has lacked on, on the defensive side when it comes to, to defending. I think we saw that against Inter Miami. He got to push. He got pushed around a little bit. I don't think this is the strongest part of his game just yet. And we saw what happened, uh, obviously, when it came down to the to the to the mm-hmm. first goal for SK, uh, SKC. So let, let, let's move on to that. Let, let's talk about obviously the second half. Um, you know. I think to me it was just like it was still zero zero. Uh, it was it was a very winnable game. It was very very. They still got those opportunities, but the second half it just it was it was just it was tough because I, I you look at the you look at the bench right. Chicharito's already out. He's already scratched right. You had to bring in you had to bring in uh, uh you know Kulabali. You had to bring in Saldana. So all you really got is Cleston, Dunbar, uh, uh, Augie Williams, and per- and Johnny Perez. So. It got really, really, really thin because essentially you had six when Chicharito's out. Then it went five when uh, Kulabali got subbed. So you really had like five people 
to really right. Jonathan Dos Santos is not playing. Efrain Alvarez is not is not playing. So it's like it really really slimmed down. Um, what were your thoughts on the second half, Alex, and potentially some of the substitutions that you saw from Greg Vanning? Um, yeah, obviously the second half was not too big of a different story from the first. The Galaxy still looked pretty pretty dangerous. You know, uh, Granzier, who I thought you know had a really good game, and they continue to be improving as the season progresses. I, I like how he's playing a lot. Um, you know, we can talk about the the error from Saldana all we want, but just overall, I'm kind of glad that this game wasn't a game where you can say the Galaxy definitely struggled or like, you know, they're the reason they lost. They couldn't do anything, you know, because that definitely wasn't the story, you know. Obviously, on the box uh, score, it's going to say that, you know, they lost 2-0, but the Galaxy just overall played really good for those whole 90 minutes. Um, you know, unfortunately, you can't really control these kind of errors and stuff like that, and um I was just excited to see that this team was learning. You know, we had some chances in the second half. We just couldn't finish them again. Uh, we still need work for finishing. I've been saying that for the last two weeks now. In the last couple of games I've seen from the Galaxy, some of the players need finishing. Granzier is doing really good, you know, getting in these positions, but he just can't finish. Same thing with Kevin Cabral. You know, his finishing definitely needs a lot more help. And when you're a DB player, those kind of expectations are, are going to come for you a lot sooner. Uh, than later compared to someone like Granzier who's on a TAM deal. But um, overall, you know, like Johnny said, this game was a learning experience. Lots of season left to go. I'm just glad that we played well the entire game. And you can't really say, you know, we were playing horrible or we couldn't get the ball moving. Like kind of how we played last season where it was just really a struggle to, you know, keep a, keep the ball and just uh, go forward and, get on the attack you know this year has been completely different so i'm glad to see that as a team even when we're struggling we're still putting our best foot forward and you know getting ourselves in these good opportunities to score yeah johnny let's get your thoughts on that because i I mean alex made a lot of great points there but i think you know greg vanny after the game he said you know this part this was probably the best game i'm paraphrasing here that this was probably the best game uh, they played, and you know, and it, when he said that, uh, it took it took me a second to really understand what he was saying because I was like, I was just thinking, I was like, man, they can't score, you know. I was I was I was a little bit like, um, I think because I was talking to a couple of Galaxy fans that were very upset, but I, then I, I sat back and I was like, yeah, this was the best, but they weren't able to capitalize. And obviously, like you know, you want to get the end result, but like obviously, when you win a game, it's different, and it goes higher. But I, they played really, really great, and they probably they and I agree with Greg Vanny, they played their best game. The only issue they weren't able to score, and I think that obviously that obviously cost them the game. But what, but what were your thoughts on the second half and the team's performance? So you guys probably you know you guys hit every point, and I guess something that I always want to like highlight with this season is versus the last three seasons, we've had, this is the most moving parts we've had on a Galaxy team in the last four years. The most moving parts. We have so many signings coming in. We have so many guys coming in and out for international duty, injuries, stuff like that. To where it's like when we play a great team like this and we do that well. And again, I like, I get it. You guys, galaxy fans can be angry, but it's really hard for me to sit back and be mad with everything considered. I'm not really like, it's a loss, but it's like, I'm not really mad at the galaxy for it. I'm not mad at like Vanny for it. I'm not mad at the players for it. Yeah. We could have scored a bunch of goals, but that it's things just don't pan out that way. And the second half, again, just like the first one, most of it was just beautiful. It was awesome. The pacing was great. We kept thinking, well, we're going to score at some point, you know, and obviously it was disappointing that we didn't. I think, what was it? Legit had that beautiful shot, like in it kind of along on the right side. Um, stuff like that just kept happening. And I just think that 
yeah, we're going to be disappointed. But again, right now for the younger guys, it's a learning experience. Chicha being out, it's an opportunity for Zubac to kind of be in this new pressuring situation. Um, you know, for Sega getting out, it's a, it's an opportunity for uh, Saldana to go in and try to do his thing. And that's, that's how you got to look at it. And just to make it a point and say this, the all of the losses we've had, we've had these key players out. We've or and then you know Williams got the red card with Portland, and that absolutely made a difference. That was a clear and obvious difference, and I think that that's you know that's something that we have to remember as Galaxy fans is when we're full teams, when we're a full team, like we we do well, we do very very well. We know how to play, whether it's counterattacking or just keeping the possession up. We know how to play. Once Williams is back. And, you know, Cheech is healthy and all that. And we have a full team, which we have not had all season. We've been doing this well without a full team. We are going to do so well. So I don't think we should step away from this uh, Sporting Kansas City game and be bummed about it. I think we could say, oh, we didn't score. That's a bummer. But as far as a quality game goes, this is the best the Galaxy have looked. I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, and it was without Chicharito and Jonathan exactly. Santos and, and Efrain Alvarez, which is which is which is crazy to say. So I just want to play yeah. Adam so Pudani. Wide open goal right from inside of a, a yard. And now Johnny Russell has a shot saved. Rebound. He knocks it in. A second bite at the cherry for Johnny Russell. His first goal of 2021, and it might have just given Sporting KC a smash and grab in Los Angeles. Okay, that, that replay didn't really show what I what I wanted to see. It was just more of like how he, he he got bounced off the ball. And I think when he got that ball passed to him, I think I obviously it was it was a tough situation, but I think you gotta read that right away, right? You gotta either get rid of the ball or pass it back to Jonathan Bond. And I think some of the decision making is where at times Adam Saldana has lacked, right? And I think that but I don't I don't by no means do I feel like this was his fault that they lost the game at all. <laughs> and it's not that yeah. it was it was Galaxy's fault. Yeah, we, we, I mean, if we just look at the stats, right? I believe they had what eighteen shots, uh, eighteen shots, seven shots on target. Um, you know, they, they possessed the ball fifty four percent of uh, you know ball. They had eighty four pa- pass accuracy. So I mean, the opportunities were there. But uh, the reason why I've shown this play is because you know that's how this game went. You have all these opportunities, and the team, right? It, it seemed like SKC. That was like I can't really remember every opportunity, but to me, I was like, it was that was. That was like the only real opportunity opportunity that they had in the capitalize it because there were so many missed chances like you talked about legit yeah Cabral I think Victor Vasquez also had one that just went right wide wide right so it was just like but I'm also to your point that look the Galaxy are in third place they're still in third place still missing different pieces and they look good they 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 look good they don't look bad it's not like oh man they they got they got smacked around it's just they couldn't capitalize on them. But, but, yeah, once you get Derek Williams back, once you get, you know, hopefully Chicharito doesn't miss that many games, you know. But I think another player that really stood out to me outside of Victor Vasquez was Samuel Grand Sir. He's back-to-back games that he's looked explosive, right? He's looked very, very explosive, especially on the right wing and when he's a, what the damage he's able to do. Unfortunately, that final third pass wasn't able to get there. But, Alex, give me give me your thoughts on Samuel Grand Sir. Um, yeah, I, I would say my perspective on Grand Sir has definitely changed a lot at the beginning of the year. You know, to be honest, I didn't know much about him going into the season. But as seasons progressed, I have learned my expectation for him was I thought he was like, oh, he's a quick shifty, you know, winger who can score goals. That was kind of my expectation or something that I w- was looking forward to seeing. But, you know, as as the games have progressed, you know, yeah, he's, you know, shifty and stuff, but he's just a lot more technical and just a more of a 
I, I guess, you know, a sister kind of guy. He's not going to be banging in goals left and right, but instead he's going to be good to, you know, cut the ball back in and, you know, hopefully a striker or, you know, an attacking midfielder is there to capitalize on that. And and so far, you know, just seeing through that lens uh, now, I, I'm just like, he's, he's, he's doing really good. You know, obviously beginning of the year, he struggled definitely a lot and that was very noticeable. But compared to now, man, he's definitely grown with the team, you know, as a person, you know, because, you know, there's a lot more Frenchmen in this team now. So he's kind of been a bit more comfortable. And I think that's definitely something that's kind of helped him as well. Having someone like Cabral on that other side who can definitely talk to. And, you know, they're starting to get to know each other and starting to know where they are on the field a lot more. And then uh, now Granzier, you know, last game, obviously, you know, had those had that assist. But, you know, um, still needs to work on that finishing. He had a chance where he megged Emilia, but the ball just, you know, stopped right before. And I think the defender cleared it or it went uh, out of bounds. I, I forgot how went, that went. I think it went out of bounds to like a corner. Yeah, it went out of bounds. Uh, but yeah, you know, Granzier is just really good technically when it comes to the ball. You know, he can control it well. You know, at, at times he kind of does miss that burst of pace when we are on the counterattack. Uh, there's been a couple of moments in a couple of games where you're like, he could do it a lot more. And then also, too, I'm not going to blame him. Most of the time, I feel sometimes he does lack support from other players and other midfielders, which really kind of kills the attack uh, that I've seen, uh, most notably against the Whitecaps. That's what I noticed, that he was kind of left there all alone and not much support for him. But so far, I'm liking what he's doing every game. He's looking a lot better. And just now that I see him more as a as a passer and not really much more as a goal-scoring threat, I, I'm starting to appreciate his game a lot more. Yeah, and I think also the speed and what he's able capable of doing because obviously, yeah, he's going to get you a couple goals, but I don't think he was brought in. In my mind, I don't think he was brought in to to, to score the goals. I think I'm more looking that uh, on obviously Chicharito, but Kevin Cabral. I think that's falling a little bit more on Kevin Cabral. If you ask me, because he's the DP. But Johnny, well, before we go to Kevin Cabral, what what are your thoughts on Samuel Grantzer now that we've seen more of him? Now, before I go to Grantzer, I just want to say one quick thing about Saldana and the mistake. Um, okay. As a Galaxy fan. I say this as a Galaxy fan, as a Lars member, is all we ask is that these guys care and that they represent the, the crest uh, with you know that passion and then they put 100% into every single game. And Saldana does. I love Saldana. He made a mistake, and he's going to learn from it, and that's all. Uh, about Grand Seer, obviously when Pavone left, oh, man, I, like all of us were bummed about it. I knew when he left he wasn't coming back. I didn't act like everyone else did where they were like, oh, like is he, are we going to you know buy him or are we going to continue the loan? Like I knew he was gone. But I was curious as like, okay, who's gonna who's gonna replace this guy? Like this this is gonna be a problem. Um, and the more Grand Seer plays with the Galaxy, the more we go into the season, the more I feel like we've replaced Pavone pretty well, right? The pacing on Grand Seer is insane. I agree. Toward the end of the game, he starts to kind of slow down. There's points where I'm like, oh man, you could totally do better. You could totally burn past this dude. Um, but overall, it's like it's only gotten better. Uh, with Grants here. He looks like he's passionate on the ball. He looks like he's, you know, he's working harder and harder. And I, I just love it. Uh, yesterday, I really felt like he, like, you know, Victor Vasquez was awesome. But to me, I felt like Grants here was such a highlight yesterday. Just seeing how he's, you know, answering all of these questions that we've had after Pavone le- was leaving. He answered all those questions last night. Obviously, we didn't, we, you know, we didn't win, but, you know, seeing him play like that was, was pretty awesome. 
Yeah, and I think that that that's what uh, the thing that's exciting, right? I think yeah, obviously it is true, but like now I want to talk about Kevin Cabral because I feel like you know how I started this podcast. This was a game for Kevin Cabral to step up and, and you know get those uh, scoring opportunities. Now we'll find out more if Chicharito is going to be available for Wednesday game or not. But I think the the question is still going to be on him. It's not really to me. It's not really like on Zubac. I'm not really looking at looking at Zubac to be the one to score. But I'm more looking at Kevin Cabral. Like, hey, you got the speed. You can you can you 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 got the versatility to do that. But, um, you know, we like – I think everybody would like for you to score, and I, obviously he does too. You see it – I think he may just need a couple more games, right? And I, I'm not – I know that I've seen a couple fans frustrated, you know, how much money they spent and everything like that. But I think, you know, still a couple games in, but I think we want to see the goals come in, come in sooner than later, right? And I'm, I'm not expecting uh, Chicharito-type goals, but, look, you got to get a couple here, maybe one here, maybe one tomorrow – Maybe two, I don't know, but like we want him, we want him to get going because I think it may be like the same situation as Chicharito. As soon as he gets one, then the goals start to flourish, flourish. Um, you know, because the the talent there, the speed is there, and everything he, he's able to do. But I think the finishing is is just the thing that he that he's missing. Alex, what are your thoughts on Kevin Cabral and, and moving forward in the season? Yeah, I've seen, uh, like you mentioned earlier, lots of fans are kind of like, wow, we're paying this guy, you know, a million bucks and stuff like that. You know, we, we spent a lot of capital on this guy to bring him to a club because, you know, he, he's an investment not only for right now, but for the future, really, especially with his age, you know, and being a designated player in MLS. We've seen the last couple of years, Miguel Almiron, Diego Rossi, they've all looked so good and have uh, done and really stamped their mark on MLS. You know, we saw that with Almiron with Atlanta United couple of years ago and he's now with Newcastle and and I think a couple of Galaxy fans I guess could have set that expectation personally I I don't really set expectations of the new signings till like uh six seven games I like to wait just because you know uh the way they'll play a certain way with their old clubs but when they come here and have a bigger role or a different role it's a lot more different so I'm still you know not going to judge Cabral yet but I will say that you know finishing right now is the one issue that's really uh, lagging him behind you know if he can be a better finisher then I don't think we're talking about all these problems because we see the talent we have he has he's a great dribbler you know he he gets well into positions him and Villafania on that left side you know they also need some time together because I feel there's some miscommunication with them where you know is, is Villafania going to overlap Cabral you know Cabral should you cut inside I feel like there's still some communication stuff that needs to go on there but I will say if he gets that finishing uh, if he just gets a good finishing touch on there, we're going to stop talking about all this, you know, Cabral mm-hmm. stuff. And if he's been a bad or good investment for the club. Yeah, I think it's too early to, I know people had said like, oh, we spent $6 million on this. And I was like, oh, it's not even through a whole season just yet to, to make those things. But I know fans want the the results now. And obviously it leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you, when you lose a game like that. But I think it's still early for him. But Johnny, what, what are your thoughts on Cabral so far? Okay. All the Galaxy fans relax guys we've been going through this for four years we've been bad for four years chill out cabral looks fantastic i love the guy he looks so confident on the ball he cuts through defenders so quickly he's amazing i love cabral and something to note, and not a lot of people say this i know this is an unpopular opinion but like there's been some amazing saves from shots he's had it's like if you go back to all these shots that cabral has taken it's been fantastic defending 
And it's the kind of situation where you step back and you say, okay, let's compare him to a player that was fantastic who didn't ever get goals. Uh, Emmanuel Boateng. He would cut through defenders the same way. He was quick. He was fantastic. But he wouldn't shoot the same way. He would find creative ways to miss the goal. Cabral's not like that. Cabral's hitting those targets. It's just that these keepers are doing a fantastic job keeping it out. The defenders are doing a great job keeping it out. Uh, last night, there was a, a uh, toward the latter part of the, later part of the game, Cabral missed uh, a, a goal he absolutely should have had. It was like a lob pass, and then he kind of missed it with his left foot. It was, you know, it was a bummer. Um, but mm, like, the, that, the, like the final, like the final play, that Victor Vasquez put it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and before, but that's like, you know, every other shot that uh, he's had, it's just been fantastic defending. You can't really, you know, throw it on to Cabral. There's going to be a point where he figure figures out a spot. There's going to be a point where he gets comfortable and starts scoring a lot. Uh, and you could tell just because of the quality of play that he brings to the galaxy. He brings such a crazy quality. I trust him with the ball. And that's saying a lot, especially in this league. How many times can you see a player and say, okay, I, I'm comfortable when he has the ball. Pavone was the only player last year when I felt that. Now I feel that with so like, you know, with Cabral, with Grand Seer, uh, Chicharito even. Chicharito's passing is amazing. So it's like, I think he's going to be fine. I think Cabral is going to be fine. He's going to start scoring. And I think Galaxy fans just got to chill out a, a little bit and let him get comfortable. Yeah, no, I'm with that. I think, I think, uh, I think it will pan out. I think the biggest thing with Cabral, Cabral, what I'm noticing, I think he's still, he's still trying to get uh, uh, comfortable with with the with the team, with the team, you know, just certain things. I, right? uh, he's only played. We're 11 games in. I don't think well, he's only actually played like what five, four. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how many official. Right? I could be wrong, but it's he hasn't played all 11 games, right, to actually be uh, in rhythm. So I think you know. If we're talking, you know, by the end of the season, I don't, I don't think we're still, we're still going to have be having these conversations about Cabral, you know, struggling to finish or anything like that. I, just, I think it's just a matter of him getting more games, him getting uh, a little bit more comfortable. And I think through the limited games that we've seen him play, it, it looks the future looks really bright, right? If he's able to stay healthy, and obviously we expect him to finish. And I think that that that's the that I think he's going to be able to answer those questions. Um, but obviously, the, I think the pressure comes when, when when obviously you lose a game like that and, like, Chicharito's not there and I think everybody's looking at him. Because it, rightfully so, I think everybody's going to look at him if he doesn't play uh, if he doesn't play tomorrow. I mean, if Chicharito doesn't play Wednesday, everybody's going to look at him. And I, and I think that's right. I think that's right for Galaxy fans to look at him. Um, now, if he doesn't win your game or anything like that, it also depends how long Chicharito's out, right? Because then you got to see like, hey, what 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 happens here or what happens over there, right? But I think potentially Cabral, if Chicharito's not playing, I think he will be able to handle that a little bit better. And you also got to play. You also they also face FC Dallas, who is not as difficult team as you know, as SKC, as the Seattle's, and you know San Jose and all these other teams. Um, well, I want to get a question before I want I want to talk about uh, Augie Williams. I know a lot of people were talking about why Augie Williams didn't, didn't get an opportunity uh, after the game or, you know, for, for the game. And I think and I ended up asking Greg Vanny that question. So he pretty much this just paraf- I'm just going to paraphrase what he said. He pretty much just said that um, Greg Van, I mean, he, that Augie Williams, since he signed the contract with this first team that he's seen a dip from him, it was just very blunt about it. You know, he just had pretty much just said he hasn't seen enough of him and he wants to see more of him before he, he deserves uh, to get us to get to get some playing time. And I thought that was just a very, you had number nine on the bench right and you know a lot of people are like well why didn't you know argue play why didn't you know i was kind of wondering the same thing because you know maybe maybe you could put like right you could instead of when Zubak came off you could have put him on there but like if greg vanny in the back of his mind doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't feel like he's put in the work or whatever the case may be really right 
that he's really earned the opportunity. I don't think Greg Vanny is going to feel comfortable putting Augie Williams there. And I think that's what, that's what happened uh, on Sunday. Alex, what were your thoughts on, on uh, obviously, Augie Williams? I know that a lot of fans are very interested in him getting some playing time. Yeah, uh, at, at halftime, I met up with uh, my buddy Nick. We co co run the the, the Total Galaxy account, and he was like, "Yo, Augie Williams is on the bench. Hopefully, you know, he comes on for Zubak or something." And I was thinking the same thing. We kind of had a discussion about that, and uh, as the game progressed, you know, you were like, "You know, right now would be a good time to make an appearance." You know, right time, right now is kind of when we need maybe an extra striker on there just for uh, someone to pounce on maybe a loose ball here and there that Team Milia kind of lets go of. But we didn't get to see that. And obviously, Greg Vandy was very blunt uh, about the reasons why he didn't want to play Augie Williams. Uh, but I, I feel like it can be used for motivation, right, for Augie Williams. You know, uh, obviously, you know, it's gonna, when he plays for the first team, it's going to be a big step, you know, in his career, right? You know, you're going to be playing big minutes for the first team now, depending on how Chicharito's injury is. And just overall, I, I think right now he's just going to use it as motivation. I'm not too worried about Augie Williams. I think he eventually will play for the first team. I, I think that's going to come at some point. But um, at, at the moment, you know, I, I can understand why Vanny's not going to panic about it. You know, he, he still has faith in Zubak. And I think that's something he's also kind of trying to show as well. Because obviously, you know, a lot of fans, you know, they will kind of grill uh, Zubak for his performances. You know, earlier we talked about some of the things how... He just doesn't seem to be in the right positions at times. But I, I feel like at the same time, he's trying to motivate uh, Augie and at the same time trying to show faith in Zubak to be for uh, the pers- for him to be that number two striker on the team. Well, I think also just to add to that, I think it's also he's, he's giving he's giving credit to the players that are actually putting in the work. And I think what I really understood that is Augie Williams needs to put in more work, you know. But Johnny, let, let's get your thoughts on, on what Greg Vanny had to say. You know, it's hard because whenever you get a guy that goes from Galaxy 2 to the main Galaxy, there's always going to be something that they have to acclimate to. And every player is different. Every single one is different. Um, when you were on my podcast, Joe, we talked a little bit about um, how important being comfortable mentally is um, when it comes to, you know, obviously any sport. And it's no different with this uh, situation with Williams. He's probably not mentally comfortable. He's probably not confident. And at the age that he's at to get this opportunity, opportunity that he has to not be confident, it's really make it or break it. You know, there's a lot of pressure on him. There's more pressure on him. Okay. And like, hear me out here. There's more pressure on him maybe than there was on Chicha because Chicha still was a legend. Chicha still did all of his stuff. This is the beginning of Augie Williams's career, you know? So he's probably down on himself and you know, Vanny maybe saying this is going to put you know the fire in him, uh, Augie Williams, to maybe start waking up and to start putting it into the work and start getting more confident. Um, but they really got to start looking into like, is there something mentally that like he's just not confident with? And I think that that's where they're going to be able to pinpoint it. You know, yeah. I would just I, I think there was uh, to your point, your initial point. I think there was more pressure on Chicha, but I get what you're trying to say uh, yeah. with Augie Williams because I mean Chicha is. Chicha didn't work out. <laughs> he was going to get run out the city. But I uh, know to your to your point, Augie Williams. Yeah, it's like it may be a uh, maybe it's a confidence issue or a mentality issue because you know if if he's seen a dip in his play because those were the words of, of Greg Vanny seen a dip in his play. It's just like right either he got too comfortable potentially that like hey I made in the first team I don't have to try as hard you know because uh, that that's what I potentially read like hey, he's he's not putting because I look we see Chicharito put in the work. 
during practice, after practice, doing his martial arts, doing all these different things, right? Obviously, I'm not saying if you don't post that, if you're a player, if you're a Galaxy player, you don't post that doesn't mean you're not you're not putting the work outside the field. But yeah, if if he's putting in that type of work, and I'm assuming Zubak is definitely putting that type of work because he's getting minutes. Um, I don't think Augie's putting in that type of work. Uh, I think that's clear what, from what Greg Vanny had to say. And I think if Chicharito's not available Wednesday, obviously you're going to see Zubak. But I don't think in a couple of days, uh, uh, a, a day potentially, because I don't even think they practice today, probably tomorrow, uh, you know, a day of practice is really going to change uh, Greg Vanny's mind. Like, oh, yeah, you know, you went all out today in practice. Let's yeah, give you an well. opportunity. Yeah, I don't, you know, yeah. if you didn't if you didn't play him yesterday on Sunday, I don't I don't I don't really see that happening unless unless uh, uh, injuries or something like that happen. Then you know if, if he's forced to play him, then yeah. But I, I don't know if we'll see Augie Williams play Wednesday if it's the same situation because I think uh, you know what what I'm understanding from Greg Vanny is yeah you got to put in the work on practice and you earn that playing time on the field and everything so far that Greg Vanny has done. I mean you you can't really. You can't really criticize too much, yeah. you know what I'm saying, of what the players who he subs in, subs out, you know. At times, you know, there was one game he, he subbed in a little too late, but that, I mean, that's just it. But I think the pieces that he's moved around in and out, obviously he understands he knows this team better than anybody. But I think um, Augie Williams just right now is not the guy. He, yeah. He's just he's just not the guy. That, and that's what it is. It's, unfortunately, that that's 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 the cold hard truth that Greg Vanny just told us. You know, he's just not the guy right now, and he needs a lot more work. So I, I applaud Greg Vanny for being very honest and very blunt because I was like – I was a little cut off guard when he was just like – he just told it how it is. He's like, dude, dude just you know, he just got to put in more work. You know, he also added opportunity. So, but I think that also tells me that he also keeps his other, the other players in check, right? Like if you put in the work, you're going to yeah. get the opportunities. You know, uh, Alex, give me, give me your thoughts on that because uh, it also tells everybody else that like, yo, you put in the work, you're going to get some playing time. Well, yeah, he's just uh, setting the standard there, really. And that's kind of what the Galaxy need and really the reason why they've been so successful uh, so far into the season, you know, uh, putting in the work. We've seen that with Chicharito, obviously, you know, kind of adjusting his diet, his his workouts and stuff like that. And ultimately, we've seen those results on the pitch. Uh, you can say the same thing for Sebastian Leggett and Jonah Dos Santos, right? Both have been working really hard. Leggett and uh, Jonah, both uh, internationals for Mexico and the U.S., and they're doing really good. Julian Araujo as well, you know. Yeah, he had a kind of a shaky start, and, you know, the Olympics thing kind of messed with him not being able to qualify. But now you're seeing him putting in the work and stuff, and it's it, the results are there now. So I, I think uh, just hearing this from Vanny is not just something for Augie Williams, but just a reminder for the whole team of how we got here. Just putting in the work, you know, working our tails off in practice, improving as a team, you know, being able to play well and play with everything we have on that field for those 90 minutes, you know, has been impactful for throughout this whole year. And really the, the, the reason why we're, we're, you know, currently uh, a top four team in the Western conference. So I I don't think it's really taking a shot at Augie Williams, but just setting, reminding the mantra Mm -hmm. to continue working hard because that's what got us here. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I completely agree with that. Um, we got a question here in the chat. I'm, I'm going to toss this over to you, uh, Johnny says. What formation should the Galaxy go go going forward? I think this is interesting because, um, you know, Sega Kulubali could be out. Obviously, Leggett's going to be gone. Uh, you know, Dos Santos, Efrain, and obviously potential Chicharito. If anyone with, with four, he's gone with a 4 2 3 1. Um, what, what are your thoughts on, on moving forward with the formation on Wednesday? You know, I, and this is totally like a, a Johnny answer. I'm going to get hate for it, 
but keep the attacking up, man. Go four four three, dude. Like, just keep it up. Try to acclimate to the situation. Keep trying to own the fact that we're we want to be a team that keeps possession. We want, we're a team that wants to play fun football. We're a team that wants to keep attacking. Own that, you know. Even if it doesn't work, these guys are going to learn how to keep that pace up. And you know, you're right. Like all these guys are going to start going to the national teams, and we're you know we got injuries, we have suspensions, but right now we have this foundation. We have these players. It's, you know, if we lose these couple of games, we're still, you know, in the middle of the season, we have time. Let this be a learning experience. Like, and, and I stand by that. And, and like, even when it comes to like Augie Williams, like if you guys remember in 2018, Alvarez didn't really play a lot of games. He, he, he subbed in it later, but he didn't play a lot. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Augie Williams play twice or maybe three times this season. Um, but that's my point is, is use these games as learning experience. Go four four three. go for the attack. Because as a Galaxy fan, I feel better you know, doing a game where we're always attacking and losing versus a game where we just have our backs against the wall and losing, you know? Yeah, no, you make a, make a great point. I, I don't think too much uh, – to me, like the formations uh, – because what I've seen from Greg Vanny, the guy can can just adjust. So which, whichever formation he goes, um, he's going to be adjusting. I think he's going to put the, the team on uh, on his best position. And if it doesn't work in the first half, he's, he's willing and able to change it in the second half. Um I think moving forward, uh, this is the last game that they'll play for another 10 days uh, on Wednesday because they don't play this weekend. So they play FC Dallas, and they're going to be off for 10 days. So I think this is a, it's a good a good game to get obviously get the dub, get the win, because then after Wednesday, July 7th, they don't they, they play Vancouver uh, uh, July 7th, Saturday, July 17th. So obviously um, it's an easier game. Um, you know, they're going to be off 10, 10 days, and I think by that time you obviously hopefully Sega – could potentially be back if Chicharito doesn't play tomorrow. He'll be able to be back by by for the Vancouver Whitecaps game. Um, but Alex, what what are your thoughts on going into tomorrow's game and the ten day break? Um, yeah, obviously, you know they just recently played the second place team right in the Western Conference. Now they're playing the second to last team uh, in the Western Conference. So kind of a big shift there. Obviously, you know FC Dallas they aren't a bad opponent. They have good players. Ricardo Pepe's been on fire for them. In the last couple of games, three goals in the last two games. So that's someone who I'm looking forward to watching too because he's pretty young. And I, I think, you know, he can be the future, the next player from FC Dallas to kind of get a bigger move uh, to Europe somewhere because I think he's a really talented uh, footballer. But uh, just to going into this match, I think right now we should just continue the same formation we were in, four through three, really good. I don't think – I think we should ditch the whole thing of two holding midfielders because uh, Ryan Revelson can literally just play as one and we're good. We really don't need two holding midfielders anymore. Uh, obviously, we had our defensive issues, and that's kind of the reason why we would play like that. But now I, I feel a lot more confident in our center backs passing wise. And then Ryan, obviously, his composure right there uh, at that spot is obviously you know unmatched, and I think he's going to be a great addition to this team uh, going forward into the future. But um, yeah, I think this is a winnable game for the Galaxy, right? Obviously, Dallas are in second and last place in the Western Conference. I think they can get a win here. Um, I, I think Ranzier and Cabral are probably going to have good games, uh, are going to have a good game in this one. You know, I'm looking forward to them. Obviously, Cabral had his chances earlier and during SKC, and I think against FC Dallas, he's going to want to capitalize. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Well, guys, I think that's all the time we have. We went just over a little bit an hour, but um, but Johnny, I appreciate you being on, man. It was great, great to finally get you on. Uh, let the people know where they can follow you. Yeah, uh, follow me at Full Time Johnny B on Instagram. Uh, I, you know, you can check out my podcast, Full Time Issues with Johnny Bolin, and uh, the Football Retreat podcast. So, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, guys, thank you for having me. By the way. <laughs> no, it was, it was it was great to have you. You know, you had me on your podcast, so it was great to have you, Alex. Uh, let the people know where they can read your articles, man. You've been you've been doing the recaps and the and the game previews uh, for 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 the Gal- LA Galaxy. Yeah, I've been doing. Oh, sorry, there's a truck going by. But yeah, I've been doing uh, previews and uh, you know reviewing some of the games and just the talking points. Uh, I write for LA Soccer Hub. I'm covering the Galaxy all season long. My uh, article, you know, I mentioned Revelson how good he's been positioning wise. Obviously. You know, there's been problems at the depth of the center back position uh, the last couple of games, and then over the last two weeks, I feel like I've been I've been keep writing about uh, these finishing issues uh, for the last two weeks. But uh, hopefully that improves. I'll be writing opinion pieces as well soon. I got one talking about the couple of the Frenchmen that came to the Galaxy. Still okay. working on that uh, at the moment as we speak. But uh, yeah, you guys can read all of uh, Galaxy stuff on there at lasoccerhub.com, and then also follow. Uh, total la galaxy me and nick uh co-run that account you can follow that on both instagram and twitter you know we're, we're still gonna keep growing and grinding on that account to get our followers keep you guys updated with all the news uh, around the galaxy so yeah just you know drop a follow and uh keep reading uh my articles man trust me they're, they're good stuff to read <laughs> no they're, they're definitely are they, i mean you've definitely been putting in work um so yeah guys definitely check both of these guys out so that's gonna wrap things up for the show so for johnny for alex this is geo we'll catch you guys next time bye everybody out